With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Gentlemen, you're listening to K Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s. That was the Partridge family. Does somebody want to be wanted? Followed by Edison Lighthouses. Love grows where my rosemary knows. As K Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s weekend just keeps on trucking. Just kidding. That's uh, that was an excerpt from <laughs> what movie was Pulp, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs, and I'm bored as shit. So there you go. So um, thanks everybody for tuning in. I'll keep my uh, keep my K Billy voice on. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. Details with TR, a hockey podcast. Um, oh, what the fuck? Um, so I hope you're all doing all right. I'm late on this podcast because, um, so I'll tell you about my yesterday. Uh, it was a pretty busy day. I got up and I'm not, I'm not used to this jogging, by the way. I love playing sports. I do it every day. It's how I keep myself in shape. Usually, I'm finding it hard to just go out on the road and, and run in a, in a straight direction. I have so much respect for people that do that, even walking. Like, I'm like an hour into my walk the other day going, you know, looking down, going, is anything else going to happen? You actually have to think about it, and it gets tiring. And I'm, when you're an athlete, I'm, I'm guessing for most, why, why do you play? But for me, if I'm, even if I'm playing shinny, like, there's a motivation because the puck's there, and you're all trying to, you know, work as a unit to get that puck into the opposition's net. And that trumps the feeling of being tired to me. I don't even really notice it. If I go to the gym, that's why I hate going to the gym. Hey, I don't lift weights much, but I always had good cardio. Never pumped iron too much. But I had a decent cardio. And um, anyway, uh, that's it because I didn't have to think about it. So I can often play ball hockey, hockey, two, three times a day. 
but it keeps me in shape. It's, 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 yeah. I mean, that's, that's how, that's kind of my trick to it. Going to the gym, I think is, takes a lot of dedication. I have the utmost respect for people that do it on a regular basis. And I don't know that I'm one of them. I love uh, getting exercise, but the older you get, the more mental it becomes, man. I play a game for the St. John's Caps. I don't even realize it afterwards. I'm, I mean, I'm bagged. Imagine doing all that with no puck. You'd be worn out. And I know that. But like going to the gym and stuff, I find it unbelievably hard to be motivated, especially out on the side of the street. Now, you can't go to the gym. Just here. There's a direction. Go. There's something to that, man. Right? There. There's a direction. Go. Run around. Here. You want, you want, to, you want to run? Run for 10 miles that way. Whew. The whole the whole game, man, it's mental. I really respect it. I'm saying I, that could be looked at as the other way that I think it's bullshit. No, no, no. You actually have to think about that work. And not everybody's equipped. And some people just do it. And they're motivated. And they get out there. And it's adrenaline. It's serotonin. Their brain. It's like a drug, which is fucking phenomenal. You know, I guess my drug is the puck and scoring goals or trying to. Or soccer or whatever. I just always tell the I would rather play a game to get my exercise. But anyway, Peter Pan gotta grow up at some point. I guess this is it because I'm out there every day now. I got twelve, thirteen pounds on if I got one. I find it just just hard to go out and run. But anyway, <laughs> I gotta tell you guys, so I my um good buddy Craig Mills is the guest here today so anyway Millsy comes on the show yesterday as I say this I'm looking down to make sure I'm being recorded so anyway we did an hour interview and and I did a about a 45 minute preamble I had a whole show recorded or so I thought so I thought okay and I didn't hit record on our interview with Millsy I'm at the end wanting to know where to stop it and I realized I didn't press record yet then I went back and accidentally erased the whole preamble so I was pissed Right? I'm pissed. Now, Millsy still doesn't know. So, Millsy's coming on right now at 7.10 p.m. on Tuesday in St. John's, Newfoundland. Um, and he lives in Ontario. So, in 20 minutes, which is 6 his time, he's going to pop down on his computer. And he thinks we're doing part two of the interview we started yesterday. I didn't have the heart to tell him. And I still don't. I don't want to tell him now. And I went through that whole intro that I do like uh, with, with each person and Man, we had a heart-to-heart. -heart. We went to World Junior Camp together. I'll, I'll catch up on that in a minute. But anyway, anyway, um, it, it, was, it was so spontaneous and, and some great footage. We, we haven't, um, footage, some great, a great recording or net lack of uh, my friend and I that hadn't spoken in years. And it was uh, really authentic and spontaneous. So I'm sorry you had to miss out on that. Now all we were left is what, I mean, that's all anybody used to do, right? To call, talk on the phone, have a great time. You both gained something from it. A little bit of knowledge, a little bit of friendship, bonding. But in this particular case, yeah, I'm pissed off that uh, we lost the recording. Anyway, Millsy has no fucking idea. So he thinks we're doing volume two. So I'm going to catch up with what we started talking about. Okay. So Millsy, good friend of mine. I met him through Danny Cleary. Danny Cleary, most people listening to this know who, knows who he is, know who he is. A lot don't. Um, so Danny is, I'm just saying that because I also work in a few different other industries, including the film industry, for example. 
uh, hockey schools, um, deal with a lot of parents that don't necessarily watch a lot of hockey. So the audience for this show, I always try to explain myself because not all of them know who Danny Cleary is because he won a Stanley Cup. A lot of them don't even listen to hockey, if you can believe it, <clears throat> which is fine. Um, but anyway, Danny's from Harbor Grace, Newfoundland. Uh, and when I first went away, I've told this story many times, Mike Barnett was Wayne Gretzky's agent. He came down and asked to sign me. And the first thing my dad said was, you got to go to Newfoundland and see this Cleary kid and uh, Harold Drukin. So Danny ended up signing with Mike Barnett, uh, as did I. And, and he went to, I went, whereas I went to the Western League, Danny, Danny, Danny was also 14 playing junior. Right, I tell that story. It was really odd at the time. A couple of Newfoundlanders. He was a year after me, and Danny is a late birthday, so he was two drafts after me because the draft goes by September, not January. But he's a year year behind me in hockey. Anyway, I'm digressing. Dan was a great player and went to Belleville. So when Danny was a 16 year old, or a rookie in, in in the OHL, underage, Danny had like 98 or 97 points or something. He was unbelievable. And for the first part of that year, he played as a 15 year old again because he got a late birthday. It's in November, or December or something. So anyway, played with Craig Mills and Brian Secord. So they were great guys, Seeks and, and Mills. He came down here more than one summer. They actually came here one full summer, rented an apartment. We worked out. We played ball hockey. Um, and it was great. It was a good influence on Danny and I because Craig is a captain. Craig Mills is a captain type of, type of guy. Craig Mills' father, Dennis, was a member of par parliament for the Toronto-Danforth region for, I believe, I believe, you know, double digits. I don't know how many years, but a long time. Prominent businessman. And, you know, so, uh, and his mom, I'm not sure what Craig's mom does, but he's, I know he, he speaks highly of her. So they're great role models. And when Craig was coming up, he could have picked the college route or junior. He didn't really think that he would, you know, he wasn't, he was just hoping to make major junior in the OHL. Um, unlike myself and Danny, I don't believe that when Craig was, real young you know he was thinking i'm going to play in the nhl i mean it was a goal of every hockey player i'm really just <clears throat> telling you what he told me last night setting up the part two of the interview that you're not going to hear part fucking one but anyway uh so craig came went one full summer and played we played in the provincials ball hockey together and that's another story it went up actually we got in a bit of a brawl and yada 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 but uh, we kept in touch in 96, Craig and I went to the World Junior Camp together. I got thrown out for fighting Dan Cluche. That's a story I'll tell, I guess, in its entirety. The next podcast, um, I keep saying that, but uh, you'll want to hear it. And again, I thought I told it. I spent a half hour yesterday telling the story about fighting Dan Cluche and Jason Doig at World Junior Camp and getting kicked out on the spot, too. On the spot. And Millsy was there, and he just cracked up. He just cracked <laughs> He just cracked up. But... Um, and a few years ago, Mills, he was, I was up in Toronto doing a kind of a stand-up comedy book signing tour kind of thing, just kind of making my own way up there. And we hung out. We had, uh, he invited me over for a bite to eat. Uh, it was nice to catch up. Point is, you know, I've never really played on Millsy's team, but he's just a great guy, and he's, we, we got a lot of similarities. He was drafted, uh, you know, fifth round. Uh, I was drafted. <laughs> have I mentioned I was drafted in the first round? Um, but anyway, I meant I was drafted in 95, he was drafted in 94, uh, and just real good salt of the earth guy. He played here in St. John's for a couple of years. Craig played here in St. John's for the Leafs and, uh, people loved him. Obviously he loved it here and then finished off with a few years over overseas. 
playing in Europe. But Craig, before he went overseas, so and he got some games. He got some games up with Winnipeg. He got some games with Chicago, I know. Not sure if he got up with Toronto. I mean, I could just look down at my phone, couldn't I? But that ship's fucking sailed. And that uh, really, really is irrelevant to the story, to be honest. Point is, Millsy has some NHL games. I believe he has 40, 50. And, um, and he's played in Indianapolis, where he loved it. I absolutely love playing in Indianapolis, as well as other places. But he, he, he had certainly affinity for there in St. John's, as he said yesterday when we were speaking. Um, and, you know, he made it off the ice. Before he went over to Europe, he called his old agency, apparently. And um, talked to his agent and said, you know, I might want to get into something after hockey. Now he's got his BA. I'm not sure what he majored in. Um, but, uh, you know, he had to, you don't learn finances overnight. And, uh, you know, he got into it and he's doing pretty well. He moved, he was down in New York for a while. Now he lives in Toronto, pretty much in the heart of Toronto and, uh, raising his three kids, uh, boys, 10, seven and five. I'm just re- literally, I'm going verbatim some of this from what he told me last night. In an interview, if I haven't mentioned it, that is lost in time. This is Gay Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s. That was stuck in the middle with you. By Steelers Wheel. Ooh, Yeah, anyway, getting back to Millsy. So he's a great fella. And we're going to get him on the, uh, on the air here in about 13 minutes. Um, what else? What else about Millsy? Um, well, I guess... I guess that I'll save that for number two. We, 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 had, we had a couple of, uh, for number two. Now I'm, now I'm calling it the second part of the interview when, you know, you guys are going to hear one version. Again, just to clear this up, when he comes on, you're going to hear him speak as if he thinks it's the second part. So he might go back and refer to something that he thinks that you guys know that we've already talked about. He's going to realize all this when he listens to it, but that's fine. I'd rather ask for forgiveness than permission and i not that i think he he wouldn't do it but you know what i mean you got a fucking episode in the bag you got an hour of chatting in and you think the guy on the other end who asked you for your time was fucking keen enough to press record right so anyway 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 um that's that and we'll get to that soon so anyway fuck on top of that shit on top of that shit I mean, I repeat myself here tonight, but um, I go last night. I'm pissed off, so I don't want to do anything. I'm, I'm got my video game out. I get the cat uh, all over the place. Just you know, I, I live in a small apartment, so I just got Princess the kitty cat's five months old. God bless her, but she two or three times a day she chooses to just run everywhere, and I can't really blame her. It's a tiny place. Don't want to bring her outside. We live on a busy street, and I don't want her to die basically. Um, but anyway, so I just started writing and freeze my mind sometimes. And sometimes I sit down and I might write a sentence and go, you know what? I'm not in the mood for this. Or I might come out 3,000, 4,000 words later. I don't really know. Yesterday was one of those times that I was in a groove. So I'm back. And again, I got all these chapters of a new book plopped together, but I, it's a, but without getting in a huge... God, I'll have to tell this story sometimes, sometime too. I don't have enough time right now, but I got an argument with my um, agent, to say the least, and he works closely with the book company I was with. So anyway, they gassed me. 
even though I had, you know, on real sales, I was one of their top books in the last five years. I'm not, I'm not lying, nor do I hold a grudge. It's whatever. I didn't do it to make money. Um, as I've said before, there's not a whole lot of money in selling books in Canada. But anyway, where the fuck did I start with that? Where did I start with that? I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, anyway, yes. So I read a chapter here and there. And yesterday I wrote a chapter. And it's a new book I'm doing. Excuse me. Um, so it's a lot to do with fighting in hockey. Now, I, I, I've said my thoughts on it many times. And it's a very complicated subject. It really is. And both sides need... It's like, you know, no one wants to bring up certain things like abortion. Um, but I, I shouldn't say no one wants to bring it up. I'm saying... A lot of times people don't bring up a lot of issues because of the tension that they cause. But say abortion, for example, like it need both sides of that fence, whew, right? They both have a point and it's such a serious issue that it can't be tiptoed around, right? Like you well you, you have to tread lightly while even approaching it, especially if two people are on opposite ends of the fence. But the only re way that we'll ever get further is if people talk and don't yell, right? It's what I hate about politics nowadays. I want to say what side I'm on. Or, I, I, I tend to be towards the center, though. I, I don't know how anybody can just be a Democrat or Republican or conservative or liberal without even thinking of the other side. I mean, whatever. Most people hover around the middle, right? Otherwise, otherwise, if the, otherwise, one party would stay in for 50 years, wouldn't they? Right? But clearly, the general public can be swayed. Any, anyway, uh, without getting into it, um, I didn't want to get into the politics of fighting on it, right? Or, or yes, we should. No, we shouldn't. But what I wanted to bring to light is that as, as that fades away and that culture fades away, again, for it or against it, I don't really give a fuck. But what I do want to bring up is that a lot of the people that did it were real, real good people. You know, that they, they were, um, oh, God, I didn't have this prepared. But let's say, I don't know. I'm going to name you some tough guys. Rob Ray, Brad May. Uh, Jesus, Tidomi, Dave Morissette, who's some I played with, Dave Morissette, Sylvain Blouin, uh, Darcy Harris, Aaron Asham, oh God, Darcy Tucker, Shane Corson. I can go down the list of guys who played pretty tough, dropped the gloves, Brandon Shanahan, you know, whatever. And actually, Shanahan, Corson, and Tucker, I'm starting to get, even though they're in that category, let's go straight up. Let's go straight up, tough guys. Okay, let's go straight up. And no offense to these guys, but you know why you're in the NHL. So um, let's say John Scott. Let's say uh, Derek Bugard, the boogeyman, God rest his soul. Let's say God, what am I, uh, Jody Shelley. Let's say Sean Thornton. I'm starting to step a little bit outside of the goon box. Not that the others are goons. I hate that word. I hate the word goon. And Thornton wasn't only a tough guy, but you know where I'm going. The heavy hitters, the, the real tough guys. What were they? What did they have in common, guys? They were the most charitable with their time and their money. And I know I had a cup of coffee in the NHL, but I played professional hockey a long time, and I've dealt with professional hockey players a long time. And I don't think anybody could argue. If you were, if you were to take one position and say, who's the most charitable? It's always those guys, man, because they're so pumped. Wade Belak. Remember Wade? Remember how pumped he was to be an NHLer? How pumped he was to be a Toronto Maple Leaf? See him signing autographs at the end of every... Who's the ones at the kids' hospitals, right? I'm not saying that there's... The PK Subans don't exist. I'm not, and that's a great thing. And a lot of them, I mean, I can go on and on with the charitable uh, tendencies of some NHL. Wade Redden, I, Wade's World, before it was a thing, getting the uh, renting a skybox for disadvantaged kids in Ottawa. You know, he never gets credit for that shit either, man. Wade Redden's a dude. He's a great player. 
He's a great player. Last few years of his life, or sorry, Wade. Still a lot of kick left in your partner, but um, the last few years of his career, uh, you know, for people, a lot of people, it was, it was, it was such a polarizing issue that he was making so much money and he was traded and he was in the AHL for part of it that it became the story. When to me, the story was a guy that played for team Canada, right? In 96 in the world cup, a guy that played world championships with Canada, a guy that played world juniors, a guy that was charitable, a guy that was one of the best defensemen in the NHL for the Ottawa senators. Yes, he was right? He's a, he went second overall and he deserved every minute of that. He had a great career. I'd say the career that Wade Redden had wasn't quite Hall of Fame, but it wasn't shit either. It was on the upper side of average, right? That, that's even a bad, it certainly was, it was not average, but it was on, you know, because he had some spectacular years. Last going off, brought it down a little bit, but at, at the peak of Wade Redden's career, man, there wasn't much better than him. And I also, uh, we, I, I played under 18 and I always get these tournaments mixed up, but I remember uh, playing with Wade in under 17 and under 18, I believe. And I played against him in the Western League for a number of years. Jeez, he was a great player and a great fella. Really well-spoken and soft-spoken. Uh, I, I kind of romanticize about him there. It's, uh, <laughs> he wouldn't know. I should have been his agent. Or uh, do I want to blow him? No, not really. No, I don't. I just like Wade Redden. He was a nice guy. He was a teammate for a brief period of time. We have a mutual respect. That's the way it goes. Anyway, man, it takes me a long time to get to the fucking point. I got like 10 things to talk about. And I, of course, I just get on here and I talk to myself. What am I doing? Really? I'm talking to myself, right? I pressed record, but I'm sitting here in the living room looking at a cat. I mean, what? Yeah. Talking to myself. Ah, uh, anyway, point is, so after I fucking accidentally, accidentally erase, or let's just say don't record the podcast with Milzy, I write a fucking chapter on tough guys and what they meant to the sport and all that shit. And lo and fucking behold, I got the laptop out, so it goes dead, and I'm freaking, I'm freaking, I'm freaking, I'm freaking. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Don't tell me I lost that. It must have been 2,000 words. I'm in on the light side. Like, it was, I, was, I was writing and editing for three, four hours, man. And I had this brilliant idea, what I thought was brilliant, at least for the purposes of my book, within that parameter, of, of the parameters of the shit that's in my book and the nonsense. Within that, it was a brilliant chapter to insert. And anyway, so I, I turned the computer back on. I plugged it in. Oh, God, I said, and sure enough, I, 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 it came back on. And whatever had happened, another window had opened over it. And I didn't realize that. I was writing it to myself on email. That's how I was doing it. I've lost it before on, on Word, whatever it's called, Microsoft Word. And I was just like, I'm going to write it, send it to myself. And then I got it. And I'm going to... Um, tomorrow, take that once it's emailed to myself. Save it into Word. I, I don't know why. It was the stupidest way to fucking do it, but I've saved it before the other way and it didn't work. And I'm like, if I see the email come through, it's permanently an email. Anyway, anyway. So one of the other boxes, though, came up over the box that had my email on it. And I didn't realize. So I was like, Jesus. So when I went to, to shut them all because I was freaking out, I said, where is this? And I went up and top and X'd it out. So the fucking, it's not even in my drafts. It's in nothing. So yesterday I had a podcast, I'm not kidding here, a preamble, a podcast guest, a preamble. Man, get off the fucking booze. 
Whew, I had one beer. Um, a podcast. I lost my preamble to the podcast interview, and then I lost a fucking nicely worded, nicely fitting chapter to Tales with the First Round Nothing, Volume Two. Is anybody even going to care? By the way, in a couple of years, Tales with the First Round Nothing, Volume Two. It's got, I got to get that out there soon. I've just been lazy about it too. I know there's some interest from a couple of publishing companies, and I, I've, I've, I've since, you know, I had two chapters right now. I got about, I don't know, fourteen or fifteen. I suppose it's almost done. I just sit here reading, uh, or I just sit here doing it from time to time. It's, it's a, it's a mess though. The first one at least had some direction. I opened up, you know, here's, here's what happened. I grew up in Mount Pearl. These are my parents. These are my situations. This is my family. Boom. Here's Cornell. BC, right from Junior A in chronological order, a story from at least one story, sorry, at least one story from each team, right up to the end. That was my first book. And as a whole, you know, a lot of people remember, oh, he got blown by a tranny, or oh, he knocked his teeth out of his head with a sledgehammer. All that shit happened, yes. But people that just hear those stories or just read that chapter, they're missing the point. I really did. I, I really, I'm an only child. I really did consider my teammates brothers and everything. And I think in the end, I mean, those, those are stories that we look back with a wink and a nod and a smile and a laugh. For each one of those, there's game seven that you lose in overtime and you want to fucking go in and kill each other. But you learn to bond together and you learn to go through these experiences together, right? Some of them have nothing to do with hockey, hence the blowjob from the tranny, right? So, uh, uh, and where was I going with that? So anyway, that was the point, kind of the point of the book was... Um, I, I think a dressing room is a metaphor for, for life. And I think the attributes that it takes to be, for you to be a successful teammate are the same ones that help you succeed uh, in real life afterwards. Right? I do think there's a <coughs> heavy correlation. But without further ado, I'm going to get my buddy Craig Mills on here now. So I'm going to, um, yeah, anyway, give me a second. Give me a second. I'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Hey, guys, a quick word from our sponsor at Southern Scholar. Southern Scholar Superior Dress Socks is committed to giving you the most fashionable socks for your wardrobe. But they're also helping out during these trying times. During this crisis, for every pair purchased, a pair will be donated to local hospitals to help provide healthcare workers with clean clothing to change into after their shifts. Now you can also use the promo code THPN when you go to purchase a pair of Southern Scholar socks for $5 off your next purchase. That's southernscholar.com, promo code THPN. Now back to the show. So as I said yesterday, which I'll say again now, about to come on the program with no knowledge, again, that I didn't record yesterday's interview is a former St. Michael's buzzer, Belleville Bull, Winnipeg Jet, Springfield Falcon, Indianapolis Ice, Chicago Blackhawk, Chicago Wolf, St. John's Maple Leaf, European hockey veteran, and also Team Canada Junior Veteran, World Junior Championship, 1996. Ladies and gents, I don't want to be vague about my good pal Craig. Great guy when he's on the rise. He's a sharpshooter and a finance tutor takes his wife for walks and played for the Hawks. He has two or three pets and played for the Jets. Some say he's nice when he played for the ice. He wore boxer briefs on the St. John's Maple Leafs. He's got the skills to pay the bills, and his name, of course, is none other than Craig Mills. Ladies and gentlemen, Craig Mills. 
Rose. And ladies and gentlemen, here he is back for round two, Craig Mills. Craig, thanks for being with us again. Yeah, of course. And uh, sorry about the little hiccup uh, yesterday, having to take off a little bit early, but uh, that's it. Duty called. No, hey, no problem. All good. So listen, uh, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, first of all, yeah, you just said maybe we should have a beer. I, you know, <laughs> I feel like Elvis. You know what? You know what's happening during this during this coronavirus here, uh, Millsy? What what do you call this? We're all gaining thirty pounds and growing beards. Yeah, yeah. it's the weight. It's the beards Jeez. is one thing, but we can all. I find I, there's a lot more liquids going into my body. Like I, I'm so bored and sedentary that I'm either coughing. I'm not boozing. To, like, I don't mean I'm boozing at night. I mean, like, like today I had three cups of coffee. I'm all wound up. So I said, okay, now we'll have an interview. Okay. I'll have a beer to bring myself down a little bit. I mean, I'm yeah, like yeah, two yeah. Weeks away from Elvis, you know, just popping fucking pills like the basketball dive. <laughs> I, I find it. I I'm, find just, myself- I'm always got something in my hand. I feel like I'm hiding in, in the, in my basement, avoiding these kids while I'm trying to get some work done. Uh, and literally I just, just sitting here all day and I just look down. I'm like, wow, man, this is what it's like. <laughs> nice little Buddha. I've got a little Buddha going now. <laughs> okay. Listen, uh, I'm going to get right into it. And uh, thanks for joining us again. Milze. Yeah, uh, so, to go back, so a few things that we talked about last night that I didn't really get right into, and I'm going to get right. Yeah. I got a bunch of questions. David Ling and, amongst others, wrote in with questions, by the way. Oh, God. <laughs> the, uh, the summer that you came to Newfoundland, I believe, I, I, maybe 96, 97, or 97, 98. What, why were yeah. you here? Yeah, I was, you yeah, know, we talked a little we bit. You we came were, all summer. Yeah, well, we were there for, I think it was like a few weeks, and it was with Seeks. And, and I, look, I actually, I, after uh, I was reflecting, I'm like, you know, I played with Brian and Danny. Uh, I have to clear it up. I mean, Brian was, he was a playmaker as well, man. Like those two guys were, were phenomenal together. But anyway, so it was Danny and and Brian who we spent some time with, but at the time they were looking to do a, um, um, like a, I think it was like a a St. John's community center. And we were out petitioning. We were trying to get some petitions going or getting some signatures to support that. So uh, that's basically what brought us out there. Wow. I, yeah, it yeah. was just a, I remember you being there with a goal. You had a goal because I just remember you had a little apartment down in Pleasantville, but we had to be up for some reason. That's how you had some oh kind God, of moderate man. goal. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that, we had, that was a lot of fun that time. So that like. summer, that summer yeah. we went downtown and I, I don't know if you'll ever remember, but Detroit won the Stanley cup whatever year it was, so I guess 98 maybe, and we were in a place called Normies, Jungle Gyms Normies downstairs. At least me and Seeks were, because it was just starting yeah. to fill up, and we go in for the yeah. drink special, and me and Seeks were in there. I remember looking up and, and watching Detroit win it, and uh, specifically with C- Brian Secord, that is. Um, but do you know what the deal was? You know what the special was in that bar? No. You're not going to believe this. This is total 90s, and this is uh, this is where we used to go. Like, Again, I don't want to say you and I used to go there. This special only lasted like three weeks. And it was just because yeah. you'd follow the crowd, right? The university crowd. We yeah, were that yeah. age. It was drink. Everybody in the bar drinks free until someone pisses. Oh, yeah. So you had, and you know, they did it up like they had big tape across. No one's going to pee. But what you get is people in there like, who wants to yes. be? I'd rather piss under the, I'd rather piss in a cup under the table than actually go in and ruin it for everybody. I'd rather. Yeah, I'd, you don't- Get, the get on that night. Yeah, I'd rather get thrown out of normies. 
You know what I mean? And everybody was faced with that dilemma, and people were pissing all over the floor. And like, oh at least, at least God. we used the cup. It was just, <laughs> it was insane. That was a true story. At least where it depends or something. Then. Like have a little depends party or something. You know? What's the best drink special? What's the best drink special you've ever been to? God, well, I don't think I've ever hit that one. But I mean, geez, it, that's nuts, man. I mean, we spent a lot of time at Turkey Joe's when I was there. A lot. Nice, yeah. nice. I've got, that, I, that was, look, one of the best, uh, one of the great stories that we had there was, and it just kind of goes to show how the hockey community is. Is there we go, you know, we, you're always back to back, right? Whenever you're playing uh, in St. John's because the team flies in. And it was against Hamilton. And then a bunch of scraps during the game. And then afterwards, we're in the bar. And let a you know both teams partying together, you know, having beers with each other, having beers with the guys you might have just fought. And then DJ Smith takes a bottle in the head. Wow. Guy smashes the beer bottle off his head. And I couldn't believe it. And then all of a sudden no one could find the guy, and both teams looking to find the guy, and it turned into like a brawl in there. And uh, you know, I hope I don't, you know, not putting anyone out, but Dougie took the biggest guy and just took him down, and then all of a sudden I find the guy close to the front of the bar and i'm like hey it was you i said you get outside right now and it was cold and i was like that was you i saw it was you and we're by a hot dog vendor and the guy's selling his hot dogs i'm like you take off your shirt i was like you get down on the ground and start rolling around no no and i'm like i could you could get your ass handed to you if i told the boys it was you and i'm like bark like a dog and the guy's barking oh no shit, man. And I was like, I'm saving Come this on, guy. You had a kicking of a bubble. I, I swear to God. And these oh, guys are sitting would. there ordering their, their, their hot dogs as they're seeing this guy on the ground who obviously just bad judgment bottling a guy in a bar, let alone a hockey guy, when two oh. teams are in there. Oh, it was amazing. And then I was like, you know, you get the hell out of here. And then we walked back in the bar and had a great night. Wow. <laughs> that guy was off on his way. But that was one of the good stories over at Turkey Joe's, man. Turkey Joe's. Yes. Yeah, so, and so... That was Stefan Hancock, and his father used to run Greensleeves, which was kind of the cornerstone of the street. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so now Stefan's over in Greensleeves. He's still, okay, Turkey right Joe's on. is still there. We just, yeah. our group that now have gotten a little bit older, like his father at the time, you know, we, we go over to Greensleeves. We spend a little bit of time in there, but that was okay. the hockey bar at the time. And people used to, and yeah. uh, people would ask me because word got out, right? All these hockey players would go back to where, and you know, the road stories, how they go. So people would ask me about turkeys and they'd get in there and kind of be disappointed. But I'm like, I don't know what you expected. It's always like that, though. You go to the... Uh, Moves around. Yeah, the Viper Room, I remember being like that. In, in, in the attic. Play. We'd hit the attic late night. Yeah, the attic. Good. Yeah. Nice snag. I yeah. forgot about and that. And O'Reilly's, O'Reilly's, right? O'Reilly's for the, the Irish music. Yeah. For some I, I, look, man, I, I had two great years. I mean, I love... You still there? That's all right. But we'll yeah. just record over it. And in three, two, oh, fuck. I already pressed. Anyway, who gives a shit? Yeah, we had technical difficulties. <laughs> Here we go. Um, from, oh, so Linger. I'll get oh, the Linger's yeah. question first. Because the next couple are pretty generic. But Linger says, ask Milsey about chirping the golfers. So Linger came to us in Wait, the okay. first night. <laughs> so you do know you do know oh. i didn't think you'd know what he was talking about okay oh of course i do man it was great uh he comes to us and first of all the three golf yeah i never seen david ling by the way david ling by the way guys and anybody who followed me knows that last year i did a podcast uh, called third man in anyway i can no, there's no way we can do linger justice by oh, he's the best. 
So I'm just going to say David Ling. Look into it. He's a legend. That word is overused, but he really is a legend. Oh, uh, yeah. True. Go ahead, Nelson. Yeah. And so he gets straight to the team. And, I mean, I knew him from uh, playing against him in Kingston, right? He was the captain of the front and Axe played him like 20 times a year. Only guy, only guy, Millsy, oh. ever to lead the CHL in penalty minutes one year and, and scoring the next. Oh, Go ahead. It was the best. Yeah. It was yeah. the best. And so uh, he comes to our team, and it's playoff time, and it's nice out. You know, you're, what do you do in playoffs, right? You go to your pregame – or you go to your practice, which is a late skate, and then you've got the rest of the day. And so uh, we, we live right by a golf course, and so I had my video camera. We set up a video camera. I hit up in a tree and hit off to the side, and while people were in their backswings, we were yelling. You got to think, I mean, we're, you know, we're 23 and 24 years old. We're not like little 15, 16 year olds. So this one guy, he kept doing it. He'd, he'd halt his backswing, wait, and then he chirped us, did it again. He was like, get out of the tree, you know, you kids. All of a sudden he whacks it and it's an awful shot. Then he turns around and smokes one right into where we are. And then we yell, right, let's go linger. Let's go get, get down there. Let's do this. We get wow. down, then he sees that we're not like little 15 and 16-year-olds. He's like, what the hell are you guys doing? And he backed off. What? He, <laughs> but see? You don't hit a golf ball. He's like, you don't, you don't yell at a golfer in his backswing, though, no, guys. Come don't, on. But Linger oh, convinced you because you got on the beer. Linger could, used to do that ugly, with me. Linger took awesome. me. Linger took me once into a bar in Providence. We played and we went to Providence College, a bar, and it was packed. And... um he's like yeah yeah we went on the dance floor and then he took his shirt off so i took mine off he goes fuck it i'm gonna take off my clothes i said i'm gonna take off everything too so i, <laughs> yeah. I took off everything else i got my bikini brief banana fucking boat shorts on right oh, he or, beat or, it, didn't he? this is what he did this is what he did no 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 linger did for a second and he goes yeah yeah, yeah that girl really likes you so he, this girl was dancing with me and he's like he went over he's whispering with her yeah and so he gets her to keep dancing with me so i'm loving life i got nothing on i got my snakeskin boots are over in the fucking corner and my suit's there and Linger is fucking grinning at me across, across from across. I'm dancing and it. It's so packed that it's probably going to take me like three minutes just to get to him. But I can see him at the end of the bar and he's looking over, right? He's grooving. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see him out. And he takes my clothes and he wraps it up and he got tape and he's going around them and he's opening his eyes oh, and he's just, and he throws it out the fucking window down a hill. <laughs> so I'm in the bar. Yeah, I'm in the bar, and I don't know, it's on the deck or something, wherever he threw it, it was out the door, like he opened the exit, and so my, my clothes done. were outside, yeah, yeah, there it is, and I couldn't do anything, and took him and hit him or whatever he did, and I had to go home in Providence with bikini briefs on, <laughs> and I had my wallet, I had my, um, my money, my water bill yeah. down in the front. Like in my balls. That's what I had. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. It turned amazing. up the next day. Linger said, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't sure that was going to happen. <laughs> no. Neighbor sees you walk in another good night, eh, Terry? But, but point being, he'd always coerce, you know what I mean? Or we, Oh, he was awesome. Yeah, we'd, uh, there, there was always something. Like you, I know Craig Mills, and Craig Mills wouldn't be up in a tree. It'd start with a beer, and then it'd start with a chirp. I can see Craig Mills doing that, but Linger has that power of mind. In like oh, Within an awesome. hour, all of a sudden, well, the they're best out of a tree guy. yelling at men. The best though, the guy, he must have been golfing his old man because all of a sudden when he realized, you know, it wasn't two young kids, his old man like takes off on the son on the golf cart and leaves his son just kind of standing there. Well, oh, we got video of that though. Who would have thought? So we yeah. just, we did that and this wasn't just a one and done. We hung out there for like probably an hour just chirping everyone in their backswings. I just love it. And no. that's yeah. what I loved about Linger too though. He never grows up in a good way. He, he has He's young. Just enough responsibility to keep going in a day to day. Just enough, right? That he's not going to completely go off the rails. But yeah. so we used to, we used to go to Sweetwaters in Freddie, and we we'd invite girls back for a pool party. 
But what we'd have, we would have a Nerf pool in the middle of the living room with just like <laughs> buckets of water put in it. Just technically yeah. to say there was technically a pool there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for that, Linger. Um, okay, yeah. so from Carol, uh, Carol Ann, in another one from Timmins. What are the chances on that two weeks in a row? Um, she wants to know, what was your favorite part about playing for the Chicago Blackhawks? Oh, the city was awesome, man. I mean, look, I was, it was a, it was a, I get the cup of coffee, right? I was in India, get the call up, sent back down. So uh, just being around uh, all those guys as well, Prober, Chelio, Samanti. I mean, it was uh, wow. it, it, starstruck, right? I mean, these are the guys who you grew up watching and I'm not, let alone just being able to hang out in the same dressing room. But one of the, uh, one of the good stories on that one would have been uh, we played back-to-back Toronto and being a Toronto boy I mean playing against the Leafs was awesome I ended up uh, Bob Murray the GM he called me up the night before the game which you know nice of him to do that and so after the one game in Toronto he uh, it got a little bit you know kind of physical and then so the next game pregame skate was an optional uh, sorry skate was an optional and then as I was walking out uh, the coach at the time was, geez, was it Hartsford or Graham? I think Dirk Graham, but he said, listen, tomorrow night, you know, if you have a chance to grab someone, you know, do it. And I was just like, oh shit. Um, and I said, like, Ty? He's like, no, no, not Ty. I'm like, thank God. I mean, I've never, just, that would have been, I don't know what the hell I would have done. Just kind of been dummy. It, to hear. I mean, it hurts, trust your me. Fight it with hurts. Ty. Yeah, I've seen that one. There's no way, that, I have no business going near that guy other than asking for an autograph at the time. And then, so I said like, who? And he's like, well, maybe Kinger or, or you know, Hendrickson. And then I was like, okay. And I know Chris King quite well. When I was a young guy, I used to go to this hockey camp and played with him in Winnipeg. And I just, he was an awesome guy to me. So as I'm walking out, the GM walks by me as I'm jumping in the taxi and Murray says, Hey, Millsy, tomorrow night, if you get a chance, maybe see, you know, see what you can do with Hendrickson. And I'm like, okay, great. Hendrickson, I, I'm okay with. Yeah. King and Ty Domi, no chance. So sure enough, the first face off the next night, and I called my buds, right? I'm like, hey, boys, I'm going to fight. Uh, I'm going to try to grab Hendrickson tomorrow night. So I tune in. That. I used to do that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, basically lined up with King and he's like, Hey, Millsy, how you doing? And I just, and I, you know, as a young guy, I'm like, how do you do this to a guy you have a, the utmost respect for? He was great with me as a young kid. And then when I'm Winnipeg, he was great with me. And I just said, Kinger, I might have to be a little stupid tonight, man. Basically saying, hey, if I, you know, I have to try to be stupid with you. And he just looked at me. He's like, don't you worry. You just do what you got to do. We're all good. And that to me said like, hey, this is hockey. You know, if you have to fight me, you know, we'll fight, but then we're all good. And so thank God Cam Russell was on that ship and he, had a fight with Kinger and I went over to Darby and said, Hey, we're next. Now the oh, stupid yeah. thing was I ended up taking a two, five and 10 because I was pushing them. Come on, let's do this. And got the instigator five and 10 and basically a nice trip back down to the minors, but made for a good story. Of course it did. <laughs> and you know what? That's perfect. Jeez. It doesn't always, I say to people like that, you know, I got in a lot of fights, but it was only once in a blue moon, something like that would happen, but you'd have to make that decision. And that was a smart decision. He's perfect for you with the other two guys. No, no, no offense. Oh, yeah. No, no offense. Way, same no thing way. with me. I used to go like, Jeez, I would have been walking yeah. into just immediate, another concussion to chalk it up. I mean, it was so, yeah, he's perfect. It, yeah. No, no, it was good. No, um, it was good. And I got the same question again for someone in, this is Dustin. Sorry, Dustin Kelly in Winnipeg wants to know what did you like about playing for the Jets the most, or is there one memory that stands out? Um, I think playoffs. I got the I got the chance after the uh, I started the season with Winnipeg, 
and again was drafted and was great guys there you know the same thing like Salani and that's when uh, again Kachuk and, and Kinger were there and and so played the four games at the start of the year got sent back to junior had the junior season complete and then got called up for playoffs just to be a black ace and then uh, you know you do your pregame skate everything's great and sure enough uh, when I walked in um, name was on the board and it was against Detroit and wow like oh it was awesome I mean, it was during the Sea of White as well. And that was their last season there, right? So I think that wow. was that's probably would have been uh, one of the highlights there. And, and another great Canadian city. I mean, I, I love that there. And, and now, sadly, it was only uh, only a handful of games I scooped up there. But I spent a summer there, fun city, and some good bars there at the time. I mean, young and single. So, no, it was uh, that was all fun, too. Did you ever I find them have their team back though too, right? And you know it's amazing. I've I've spoken to a bunch of guys. I mean, who played their uh, minors as well. I ran into Nolan Baumgartner, who's now coaching with uh, Vancouver. Yeah, he played against you know yeah, awesome man. I went to the game like probably about I don't know two, three months ago and saw him before the game. You know, got one of my kids an autograph. And uh, he's, when he lived there, he loved that city too. It's amazing. Like everyone, uh, I don't know many guys who don't have a blast in that city. I think it's because, you know, not that I can speak from experience, but I, it, to me, it's, you tr- seem to be treated pretty well. A lot of, yeah. you know, a lot of people really have respect. And that goes a long way. I've often said it. At first, people that aren't involved, of course, on the surface, the optics, you would think everybody would want to go play for Tampa Bay. That's what you would think at first, right? Or, or give me the southernmost sunbelt. But honestly, I, it sounds crazy, but that gets, it's a nice perk, but it does get old after a while. If you don't like your living situation, um, and, and I'm certain that, certainly not saying people don't like it there, but and, yeah, yeah, no, it's know, fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it, it, there's something to be said for it. Like you said, I, I don't think a lot of people would pick Indianapolis, but once you play there, oh, right, you, you have a blast. One yeah. day, actually, think of, speaking of Kinger there, that was actually uh, preseason playing against Chicago when I'm with Winnipeg and I'm lined up with Probert with like 40 seconds to go and Kinger leans over the boards and says, you know, go on Millsy, go on. And I'm like, Oh my God, like fuck Probert. He oh doesn't know. He doesn't know King's joking. You know, he, Probert might think that yeah, here's some young kid. And so the puck dropped and I felt him kind of like just push me and I just did not dare turn my head, man. I just looked forward like, and yeah, so man. that was, we, we, just, you know what? It was against you. You didn't play the game. Cleary got his first goal. Did you? Uh, no, you weren't no. in that. Yeah, that was the that was my last game, and I fought Russell that game. But right before, I was playing with Dave Morissette and fucking Trent McCleary. So I'm like, if I get out on the ice, I know. And they had Jansen. Got to do something. They had Jansen's Russell Prober. Oh yeah, Jansen's was tough. I know oh. Jansen's was way underrated, man. Like, I, the first yeah. game I played against Mark Jansen's, I was like, it was. I didn't even know he was in the Lex guy. I, I didn't even know he was part of the conversation to be a tough guy. I'm like, how did this guy slip under my nose the whole time? Not that I was looking for anybody, but, you know, you grow up watching teams and you're, you know, I was aware of all the players that were like a guy like Tim Kerr who used to play for Philly. Uh, you know, I used to love, I used to study him as a kid. He was wicked on the face-offs, big guy, used to use his elbows. I don't know how, but Jansen reminded me of someone like that when I played against him. And I was like, holy shit. I, he was so underrated. And a, and a good guy, too. He I heard good that. guy. I heard yeah, that. Actually, you know what? I played against, in a, I think it was preseason, against uh, Montreal. Brad, Brad Brown was out there. Yeah. And I, I hit okay. Recky pretty hard. And then, uh, sure enough, you know, Brad comes after me. And, and I know Brad, you know, from the city and playing yeah. against him, you know, in the Bay. And uh, God, maybe it was the next ship. But anyway, he, he, uh, he said, let's go. And he just tuned me up and jerseyed me. You <laughs> and then after Brownie? the next ship, it was a good time. Wow. Fight. 
Wow. No, no, but then after he, he was like, uh, sorry about that, man. I had to do that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you had me. But you didn't need to jersey me and totally take me down. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm making a good impression too. But it was His, pretty uh, cool. My... He apologized for the tune in the up. That's, I totally, totally get that. And I, I talked yeah. to him the other day. And Brownie, a lot of the time, he's probably the biggest example of a tough guy I know. And he was a tough guy. Oh, yeah. And he was a good player to play defense. I often say to people, and against nothing, nothing – I just try to use examples people can identify with. Say a guy like Wade Belak, nothing against him, but he was drafted as a defenseman. Beller was a first-rounder, right? And he he couldn't quite catch his his foot speed. They could put him back there once in a while. Brownie was the same, except his slightly, slightly had better foot speed. He could, Mm -hmm. and he he played back there. He played 300 games, I think, a little bit more, and and he got by as an NHL defenseman. But his bread and butter, man, he dropped the gloves. But he wasn't ever mad. It was really fun. Like, it was was a paycheck to Brownie. And if you really – if if, if he got out there and and if he was standing in front of the net and you poked him, you're going to wake up the bear. But he was completely calm at all times, I'm telling you. Anyway, it's it's funny. It's that funny. Know. It's amazing though. But like looking back, I mean, look, we we both played with some phenomenal players. Obviously, I mean, it's, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's not. Uh, I mean, I, I saw you had Donnie McLean. I mean, geez, I played with him on the Rock too. He was great. And then, I mean, there's a whole long Jungie Trudeau and Springy was awesome. But it's the fighters that I remember some of the great story. I mean, Steve McLaren. I played yeah. with Steve McLaren. I saw him knock two guys out in the same shift. Can you imagine? Like, knocked them out, and then as he was going to the box, another guy went after him, yeah. and he just, like, one punch. These we guys. had to he really, so I, I often, and, and I a love good it. Team I, guy. I, I say to people now, I get some good buddies, say here, play for the Growlers, Zach O'Brien, Marcus Power, just to name a couple, James Melindy, Adam Party played there last year. I like going to watch, watch these coastly. Um, not that Pards doesn't know, but a few of them asked me what, and I'm like, boys, like, you had to navigate out there. It was like a shark, going into shark infested waters. Like, because, you know, when I left home, it was never, I didn't even think about fighting. It wasn't just, it was the Western League, you would better learn fast. And that, yeah. that AHL then, I mean, it was just, people were like really trying to get like 400 penalty minutes. Like, you know, if there was five minutes left in a game and it was five to one, you knew that every single person out there that was at least a little bit tough was going to go. It was, it was, so, like, it was survival that a fit. We got so, there on balls. We got there on well, balls. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. So that was where, like, I, my comment earlier on about the IHL and the AHL. The IHL didn't have that. Yeah. I mean, you I had know. your tough guys, but it wasn't like these young guys yeah. who, you know, were just out there full of piss and vinegar trying to prove themselves. It was, you know, guys who had spent some time in the show, maybe sent down, played yeah. with somebody in the pen. So. Every game. And, like, it's funny. Now, I know it's, and you're going to laugh, but I'm still playing senior to the level of, you know, the winner goes to the Allen Cup. Senior hockey's pretty good. Like, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like I'm the oldest a lot of people when they hear senior hockey they think it's no it's the same average age as pro our team probably 30s probably the average age um, Aaron Ashton still with you no he was up until a couple of years ago yeah, he played he, he came over that. for oh, a couple of years in, in Gander story, man. and it's uh <laughs> it was great it was awesome and and he ended up going I believe because Grand Falls went to the Allen Cup and won it in 2017 yeah. I believe I could be off by a year uh and he went with them um but yeah it's a, it's a really good league and everything so point is I came back and my ankle was hurt in the early 2000s. I didn't think I'd play again. And then when I got a chance to play and the league started taking off and they started paying and we started going to the Allen Cup, I was like, oh, this is great. It's kind of a, I didn't think I'd play again. So, and I mean, with Aaron especially, or each team had five imports. Each team had about eight pros coming in. Well, each import was a pro. And then you got local guys like Keith Delaney come back, you know, guys like that. So um, great league and everything, but I've seen it from, like, and now I go out there and there's not, because even in senior, it's all relative. Like, I, at first, 10 years ago, I was fighting Darren Langdon. 
right? Each team had a yeah, tough yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. It was no yeah. more like I'd play 24 game schedule and I'd have 40 to 50 points and, oh. you know, you know, 30 to 40, whatever it's senior. Uh, and like a hundred minutes, you know, I was still on my, but now last year I had zero penalty minutes. I, I go around oh, amazing. two last year, zero the year before that it's, it's like, I'm a kid again. Like I'm not complaining. There was, a, there was something to be said because you, you can't go through pro hockey and not have a, you know, there's something to be said for, now, but yes, is that it's the finesse. League, what? Are there still scraps like that? I, There's I scraps. That oh, yeah, scraps. Just, it's all relative. Most people that come back here are coming back from major junior or pro or CIAU uh, junior A. So there, it's, it's really all relative. We, You're I'm not an old man that, now. Oh, <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Geez, I, I, I enjoy playing those. An and I feel like the last six or seven years is a lot of fun because literally you don't have to even worry about that one bit. So I go yeah. out like that element's gone. Like, you know, we, we go into Philadelphia, play the Phantoms 20 years ago. Well, we, you, had, our, you said Steve we McLaren. Had a yeah. We had a then, you, then you'd have Jesse Bolleries there. John's. Steve McLaren, Jeez. Jesse Bolleries, Francis Belanger, Francis yeah, yeah. Lassard. Yeah. Lassard right? and Doug Dowell. That's who started the program. Yeah. I mean, Lassard uh, came at me awesome. every goddamn game. And I knew scouts Andrew were up Mary. there. And I knew, and I used to look at it, Milsey. I used to look at it and go, I've, I've kind of painted myself into a corner, not that you asked, in Montreal. Because in junior, it was just like everybody in the West kind of fought. Like, I was like, again, I don't mean, oh, I was like the NHL MVP. Look, at that time, we, were, we had similar games. I mean, like, in a relative level, whatever. And um, whereas, you know, I, didn't, I dropped the gloves about that much. He drops the gloves a little bit. Right, three, four times a year, he'll let you know what's up. Yeah. Right, maybe yeah. five. But I got to the A my first year. I had 34 fights, Milsey. So the worst Jeez. is that now I become okay at it. You're labeled because, at it. Yeah, and now I'm labeled, expected. and now yeah. I'm okay at it. Yeah, and then I can look down, and if a guy like Lassard challenges me, now I you know that there's scouts in the building, and I know <laughs> I can do a good job. I don't want to fight him, but I know that I can do a good. I can do as better yeah. job as he can, and I can. I don't yeah. want to take a punch in the face. It became a, a catch twenty two, right? But again, I'm certainly not complaining. You navigate around. You and I both have NHL games to our credit, and like Ken Dryden yeah. said, I met him once, and it, you know there was a conversation in the room. Ah, you know. I was a first-round bust. Let's, for whatever reason, you can argue that, but I was. And he sits there and he says, Terry, once an NHLer, always an ex-NHLer. I said, yeah. <laughs> good, good. good line. Yeah, that's not bad. That's a great line. How many games did you get? I didn't even look at your thing. Thir- 31. 31, was it? You know, it? hey, I, had, I actually checked. I had to see. I'm like, hold on. How many was it? 30 or 31? 31. Well, there's a couple that I, I know. I get a few that I put on my gear and I didn't get out there. Oh, so shit, was, 32. 32. You probably man. got a few of those? Yeah, yeah. 30, right? yeah. you, you needed to get a shift to get an actual and I could never understand sometimes there was once fuck man there was once in LA and what a trip because it was LA man with all those guys and I hadn't played but then we, we were in LA and we were losing like 5-1 to one. could have been 4-1 yeah. to one, but the game was out of hand it was like a minute and a half left and Recky's next to me and I, was, and I had nothing against Alan Vigneault either he was a nice guy really was I, I, I hated Michelle Terrian, but that was in the minors people think it was up top I, I, I wanted out because of Terrian, but it wasn't and they didn't really have much plans for me. And I had nothing against them for that. You know, the guys who drafted me, Millsy, got fired. Jack DeMers and Sir Savard. So, you know, maybe yeah. Vigneault wouldn't have wanted me. But, motherfucker, it's four to one and there's a minute left. And if I don't put my skates on the ice, it's not an NHL game played. Like, why wouldn't you just... Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Brutal. Really brutal. Yeah. And then Now, there's some stories. Wasn't Jason McDonald on your team here in the St. John's? Or was he the next year? No. So, Jason was... I was right... I think I was right after him. Well, he's got he a great was Owen Sound. He, yeah. yeah, he was Owen Sound. Yeah, and I remember. At the yeah, end of his career, because he put, he put in a lot of time 
in the American Hockey League and a lot yep. of fights. And, you know, he was a guy, if, he was a little bit like, he was a poor man's linger. Um, if if, if uh, Jason McDonald, if you give him ice time, he's going to get you 20 to 30 goals. And he's going to, yeah. for each little bit of less ice time you give him, he'll fight more and he'll bring his penalty minutes up to 300. He could really balance. He was a big asset yeah. to whatever team. But he went through his whole career and he never got up. And he was close a couple of times. He warmed up in the NHL twice. And at the end of his career, the New York Rangers called him up. And, oh, nice. Yeah. And he played, uh, played a game. Oh, awesome. That's Isn't a that nice? Story. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, yeah. I mean, I love, I love hearing that stuff. I mean, then you hear someone that's – I never really followed him, but wasn't it – was it Modano with uh, Babcock? Was oh, my God. Four, someone was like that. 1,499 like games. Oh, my God. I didn't know about this until uh, all this noise up here with the Babcock and then all this stuff was coming out. I and mean, that was too bad. My God. It's funny. You know, I don't know what to think. So, Babcock – coached against me when I was in Tri-City having my the years of my life really and it, yeah he was he was our arch rival and I had been on on the other day like where we played him an exhibition in playoffs we played them 24 times one year and like at the minimum we'd play them would be 16 like we played them a lot yeah. so I got yeah. to know Mike Babcock you know everything from chirping to be, now he seemed all right and at the end of the game at the end of the games I'd come out now <laughs> I'm not saying he is I'm just saying in my like he was out there I I know him enough to get a perspective and then he went to McGill Right. And I was in Montreal. Right. Mm -hmm. I lived like two minutes. I used to go watch McGill play. Jared Daniel, who played for him in Spokane, ended up there. That must have been how it happened. And I, again, I never met Mike there at the, he was in Montreal at a cafe or something a couple times. Like I'd see him in passing and he seemed nice enough. And I was like, yeah. oh, you know, he'd know like where I was from, that my dad played pro, little things. And I'd be like, oh, you know, there's an attentive guy. And certain guys like Jason Padolan thrived under him. Yeah, right. that was like Kevin Sawyer, same. Kevin yes. Sawyer, I played with Sawyer. He loved him, and I, I, I hear I mean, I think... And I'm not, I'm not sticking up like, for I'd Babcock. i play for a guy like that. Yeah. It, it's just I, weird, I, like, I some, cause some people... Kind of you know, what he did with Mitch Marner, I thought, was absolutely was ridiculous. Bullshit. Right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it, was, it was absolute ridiculous, and if I ever heard yeah. that, even at the time, I, I was trying to explain to people, like, even at the time, that was bullshit. That's yeah. not like that was normal in 1995, right? Yeah. That was always yeah. bullshit. But I think there's yeah. just, I think this guy, I think there's a, I think he's way more complex than people think. Mm -hmm. He can go one no, end or he can go, uh, he's saved careers and he's fucking gassed them. Um, at yeah. least in my personal experience. Who would be then, who would be, rather than dwell on negativity, because I know within this days and age with the coaching yeah. things a few, a few months ago, coaches get a bad rap. Who's your favorite coach, Milsey? Who did you really love that had an impact? Or even if there's multiple. The, I would say the, the coach that really had an impact would have been Troy Ward. And so Troy really? was, yeah. And, and I tell you why, I mean, I was early, I mean, his first, second, third year in, uh, in Indy, I guess first two, two years, I guess. And he was the assistant coach there and he just, uh, he helped me, you know, like little things were, and his attention to detail was great. And so he'd pull me aside, like little things if I was in a rut, you know, I'll never forget it. And I actually use this, I tell the story a lot, even to my kids where he pulled me aside and he said, and he's, you know, the assistant coach dynamic, right? They joke around a lot with the players and yeah. the coach, head coach can give you the kick in the ass and the assistant coach pulls you up. Well, he'd always, uh, he was always fun with that. And, you know, I wasn't playing well and I kind of, I don't know, I just needed a kick in the ass. And he pulled me aside and said, hey, Millsy, what's, what's your uh, kitchen looking like right now? So what do you mean? It's like, well, there are pots and pans all over the place. And I'm like, well, yeah. And he said, what about your car? Is it clean? Like if I walked in your car, do you have stuff all over the place? It's like, ah, maybe there's a coffee mug and, you know, it's not. So what about your bed? Did you make your bed in the morning? I was like, no. 
And he said, well, I can tell because your play's reflecting that. He said, when you get home tonight, wow. make your bed, clean the kitchen and get your car in order. And I couldn't believe it because this is my buddy, like not buddy, but you know, the assistant coach is always joking, but he gave me that kick in the ass. It was the first time I really realized where, you know, you're in this goes, not just on ice, it goes in life, you know, get your house in order. So, you know, when you're focusing on work, it's actually, there are no distractions. You can actually think with a clear, you know, clear mind. So, but yeah, was, I like, was I like he an Troy assistant coach? Lot, you said he was an assistant See? coach and then he ended up becoming, I think he was, was he head coach or assistant coach of Pitt? Assistant coach of Pitt. But for you, for you, like I, Jerry Fleming was like that to me when he became his. Yeah. Because for me, I loved, I didn't always deal with authority the best. And I don't mean like with a bad attitude. I just, I didn't really want to go talk to the coach about everything. Oh, mommy, mommy, I got a bad toe. But Jerry, I find a, an assistant coach should be a great or could be a great liaison between the players and the coach. Whereas yeah. if I had a problem, I'd go to Jerry and Jerry would go, you know what? Maybe you're right. I wouldn't go in and see Mike about this one uh, or Michelle. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, uh, Terry, well, you know what? Maybe I can help you here. How, you know what? You, you shoot left, you're forward. I mean, I probably know how to identify with this particular problem better than Mike. So why don't we work on And it was, it was no one thing in particular. It was just really great to have Jerry around. And he became a head coach. Um, mm -hmm. I find, call me crazy, but in my experience, I can look back and I can really tell the chemistry of a team. And a lot of times the assistant coach is an, an, an un, unrewarded contributor there. You know? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I know, I mean, there are I can, a bunch of examples where, you know, the, in the minors where that assistant coach, especially in the minors where that assistant coach is there to really kind of help you because that's a grind, man. When you look back those bus trips, I mean, eight games and 12 nights, I mean, riding that iron lung, I mean, that's, oh, yeah. uh, that's tough. Can you imagine people that are like bigger skaters and do it like on their own? The only way I could do that is getting on the bus with the boys and like sitting in your shitty fucking seat and like putting it back and like trying to scrunch in there, trying to get it. Well, that's where I told my son, imagine doing origami or carving pumpkins all by yourself, buddy. Yeah, really? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, I often, yeah, like to be the whole, the, the whole presentation of the game you know like there's a lot of that yeah. stuff that if you were alone I, I don't know that it'd be as fun you know no no way no it's it's awesome do you still no, skate do you, do you still skate at all so i, I actually this is the first year i put uh, the skates back on on it with a team and it was just a basically four teams neighborhood um you know, no bullshit. One, one incident and you're done, you know? So right when I heard that, I was like, okay, I can do that. But it'd been, geez, well, since I stopped playing in my last year pro would have been uh, Grenoble, France. And so I hadn't played anything after that. Wow. How are you enjoying it? Yeah. Oh, it was fun. It was a blast. I mean, like I said, I mean, look, man, this was an, this is in a rink where, it, it, you know, it's just as you have, you've been in a lot of bad rinks in your life. This one is probably top three worst i've ever played and you hold your stick up to the ceiling you can hit the net the netting like protecting oh, yeah. the glass it was a former bowling alley so uh you know it was uh, but it, it works man i don't it know works. if it's it's the nostalgia and the fitness or it, it does so much for me um whatever stress i have oh that's it it's gone you, know, you, you, you don't even right. have to think about it. it it's wild. You're, you're right. You know what? And so especially, and I, and that's the thing, and you're working hard and you know, you've got your family all this shit. So when I come home, even though these games are at nine and 10 o'clock at night, I'm like, Oh man, this is, I, I just prefer to just go to bed, but you get out there with the guys, you're cracking jokes and uh, 
when it's you put safe. on your screaming beavers shirt. I had to plug it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's the a screaming beavers. It's a great outing. So it opens up a portal. I'm telling you in your head every time you get out, and you're like, oh man, like imagine if I didn't do that. Like you know, and you get yeah. in there and you're you're pumped to be around uh, just people to be social. It's it's yep. the, it's. I'm telling you what. From the time I'm doing up my skates. To the time I get in, I don't even. I could be in the no worst stress. situation. Yeah, it's gone. I agree. It's no stress. Right? Yeah, I forget. I forget what's going on for that one hour. Whereas, now. again, not to knock it, not to knock it, but I find myself now, I I don't forget everything when I'm running. I might use. I might harness the energy. Uh, yeah. Like if I'm pissed off, I might be able to harness the energy and go. Give me another mile. Do another mile. It's almost like yeah. like boot camp kind of kind of motivation. Whereas. Hockey is totally different because it's freeing your mind yeah, as well as the physical too. stuff. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's healthy. I mean, but that, sadly, I mean, that's, it's been my first year and she's fucking like a long time. So well, going to do it again next year. Yeah. Um, what's the most <laughs> adversity? This question comes from Mike right here in St. John's, Newfoundland. What is the most adversity that you faced as a player? Most adversity I faced as a player. I think, um, Whew, that's a tough one. I think, you know, if you could be single I incident, I, I don't know. He didn't really elaborate. Does that mean, yeah. you know, getting sent down one afternoon or does it mean a career? Yeah, I don't no, know. You know what? It, it's, I think, uh, look, I, I was pretty used to getting uh, cut and sent down. I mean, I think that's one nice thing you get, you, you, you learned, as I said before, about resiliency where, you know, you, you're used to getting punched and you get back up. But I would say, uh, yeah, maybe that, I mean, look, there were a few times where, uh, if you were a leader wearing a badge on the team, whether it was an assistant or captain on the team, and you, you've got this pressure that you put on yourself. I don't know about you, but I always put a tremendous amount of pressure on myself. Yeah. Where if the team wasn't performing, um, I was carrying the weight on my own shoulders, and you try to you know rally the troops. But um, I think just that anytime you're being slides, I think that's you know you're being a nice losing skid, and you're trying to not break out of it. And, just kind of finding your way and trying to lead that team out of it. But I think that's in terms of adversity, that would be it, man. Just kind of facing these slumps and you just try to overcome it. But to, to pinpoint a single specific incident. It's too hard. I know me too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean it, it'd have to transcend. Not that Mike asked me, but for me, I get it would be something that happened to me off the ice during the season. There's nothing on the ice as part of the game of hockey to me that was so, filled so riddled with adversity that i couldn't handle it you that's why you had your team yeah that's why you had your team i often say like people are like what's the most fun i'm like either really sucking or really winning either winning or like you know sometimes when you're so bad and you're going like a five there's a period like three game losing streak right and you get all answered and you go home and you get bag skated four games if that rides into like seven losses in eight games, there's a point that people just go, we got to get all fucked up here. We got to, so it's hanging. funny you say that, you know, <laughs> and you're, you're so I, like, I, and I think it's also when you, not just your teammates, your roommates, I don't know about you, but I yeah. live yeah. with, you know, a lot of different guys. So when you're like, I lived with Tavis Hansen. Oh, I mean, yeah. I remember him paying the call. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Love, yeah. Just love the guy. In fact, I saw him uh, in Vegas this past summer just by fluke. Really? So I, oh yeah, I surprised him. You'll have to check this out. I'll send you a little video. I posted it actually, where I just got up and started dancing at the foot of his, uh, his little lawn chair at the pool and didn't know who the hell it was until I turned around. So, but we had a blast together. And so, and he was the captain of the team and uh, I was the assistant. And so, you know, we'd be able to bounce stuff off each other, but at this, the important thing is you'd be able to 
kind of commiserate with each other if we weren't doing well and pick each other up when you're you needed it and that was similar as they said earlier just huska and high mode live with those guys and and uh, actually lived with Huska and his wife the one year, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think your roommates, I mean, that really, uh, really pushes and helps you. Casey Hankinson and Todd Roloff. I mean, it was, I love it, man. It's Casey Hankinson. As I said, like no different than it, it was that therapy. It was, I felt like therapeutic when I was uh, dialing into your uh, Friday night, man. And even just this, it's nice to reflect and think back. To as a matter of fact, time. as a matter of fact, one second for the last 10 minutes, I'm going to grab a beer. Yeah, Millsy, yeah. Just one second. Yeah, do it. <laughs> this is where i feel oh, i should be yelling up to one of my kids to grab dad of here <laughs> well Fox! you know these these kind of conversations almost require it um oh your biggest uh, this question okay th this question comes from marty in carbon air what is your biggest what was the biggest extravagance that you bought yourself through hockey um i would say look at that if this is really it Oh, yeah, he's coming. My eldest son, Knox. Can you grab me a beer? I'm having a beer with my buddy, Terry. Is that? <laughs> I would say motorcycle. I treated myself to a motorcycle. Really? And this would have been right at the end, actually. It would have been right at the end of the career. But, I mean, I, I'm not, I never really bought many flashy things or anything like that. And uh, at the end of my career, um, just during that transition, while I was uh, kind of going through anyone, um, going through, uh, you know, that tough, tough move in the real world. I treated myself to a nice Moto Guzzi Grizo, and I still have that bike. And I don't ride it much, but uh, that would be it, man. Just uh, a nice little two-wheeler that I can uh, rip around on. Beautiful. Here with Craig Mills, uh, former NHLer and St. John's Maple Leaf, amongst other things. There he is. He's doing a thing for my Instagram, Millsy. Tales with TR tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Millsy. What is your biggest pet peeve? And this comes from Michael as well in Owen Sound, Ontario. Jeez, this could be coming from uh, my kids um, when I'm <laughs> with them. No, no, this, this is, I mean, it's not pet peeve, but I think hard work. People who have skill and talent and they just don't put it to work. They just, and I think uh, it was one thing Fair that enough. I was told as um, taught, basically, uh, there's one thing you can control in life and it's your work ethic. So, when I see people who are gifted with natural ability and they don't put it to, to work, I just, that's a pet peeve of mine, man. Uh, beautiful. I didn't realize that. We've never, I like these questions. Um, what, are, what do, you, do you like to spend your time at other than hockey? And do you have another sport? So sports and hobbies. And that comes uh, from, would, that comes from Ian in PEI. Ian in PEI. I would say it's summertime. Uh, there's nothing better than being on the water and water skiing. Do a lot of water skiing and so uh, right from a uh, young age that uh, and, and I found that in the off season I mean I, I you'd probably agree with me on this one these these young kids these days thinking they have got to play hockey 12 months of the year I just think it's asinine and it's asinine in the nice summer, word it is last, asinine too the, the, the last the, the in the summertime the last thing I'd want to do is put on my skates and you know practice stick handling and stuff like that so what I would do is water ski uh, water ski mountain bike where where and do you so, ski my folks have a place north oh, okay. of the city. Nice. Yeah, and so they've had that, you know, since I was seven. So, you know, it was a nice fortunate that we had that. And, yeah, still to this day, I try to get out there on that ski. And, you know, I don't have what I used to have. But at the same time, I can try to impress my uh, my kids <laughs> with something because they don't get to watch me play hockey, that's for sure. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, just a couple more, if you don't mind. Uh, how are you doing for time? I'm good, man. I'm good. Okay. okay, no problem. Trevor, right here in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland. You got a lot of Newfoundlanders listening to the show. Trevor wants to know, where would be the best place that you've ever visited? So let's say your favorite. Oof, best place. I, let's say moved. outside of hockey. Okay, for I don't outside really know. Outside of hockey. To make it interesting, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweak the questions. Yeah. Um, when I played, well, outside of hockey, it, it segue from hockey because when I played over in Sweden, right after the season, my sisters, two of my three sisters, were over in Thailand with a good buddy of mine, Joey. Yeah, you would have met Joey Smith. You, oh you yeah, had, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Joey and his wife Denise were teaching over in Thailand with uh, two of my sisters, and so we ended up yeah. uh, we ended up going over to Thailand, and it was beautiful. My God! And while we were over there, it was a blast. And uh, to add to the story, we're hanging out in the pool probably like 9 p.m. at night, and out of the blue, someone comes in yelling, "Cannonball!" And lo and behold, it's Doug Duell. No, <laughs> Doug, he just surprised me. Didn't even know he was in Thailand. He came to surprise us, and that was his entry. Just unbelievable. Big. Do you and still so see Doug ever? Oh, oh, yeah, I still see him. Yeah, he's uh, he's great. And so he's he's living out east, actually, in Nova Scotia, isn't he? Uh, uh, is no, isn't it New Brunswick? Is he? I came across no, him a few times. Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia, Knox. I Knox so. is, I've go. seen him here and there. I've seen him in in Halifax again. Small world, I suppose, but the out event over the years. I mean, three or four years, every three or four years, I'll run into Dougie. He was a tough guy. I had a couple guys. Wasn't he coaching at St. Mary's for a while? And he used to, That's like, right. he was yeah, showing, yeah, yeah. I got video of guys that were there, that Newfoundlanders playing, and him showing them how to block shots with no shim pads on, saying, shoot him into me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> shoot him. And he didn't even know he was on camera. This wasn't to impress anybody. This I, Newfoundlander, you know, guys in the senior league that have come back, right? And they're like, eh. He was my coach. Look at this. And oh, I'm like, yeah. Holy shit. What, what a, a teammate he is, too. I, I've heard that now. great team. Yeah, I've heard enough. Any any good favorite Dougie Duel stories? Dowell? Well, I think, jeez, uh, man, there's there's a, t- a ton of them. I mean, the fight, like, he, he was, as I said, he was a great teammate for working hard, and he busted his ass off the ice. Um, I would say just there's a bunch of just yeah. fighting stories where um, – where, uh, you know, he would come, just come to the aid, you know, like where, uh, I mean, he, that Lassard fight, oh, uh, yeah. that bench brawl where he kind of came to the aid on that one. And he was the guy, as I said earlier, that, uh, that, uh, that scrap in the bar, but yeah, he was, he was all, he was probably one of the toughest guys I've ever played with, you know, pound for pound, man. He was great. Beautiful. Um, this one comes from Ryan in Toronto. Who's the biggest beauty you've ever played with? That is a tough one. And, you know, define beauty because there's lots of them. Well, I think we were, we, Linger's got to be one of them, man. I mean, you, I mean, that's probably a, a sure thing just with the antics and the, the fun stuff that comes out of him. But yeah. uh, Andre yeah. Payette was pretty fun. You know, funny, I know Andre too. He's, uh, I actually chatted with him on Facebook the other day. Uh, yeah. I, I met him through guy. you guys when he played in St. John's, right? He was here when you were here, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he yeah. would uh, his dances before the game um, were uh, were legendary, man. He would just we'd crank a tune and then he'd get out there and do his piesy dance. It was awesome. And he another great team guy. I mean, a lot of fun playing a, the game. He had oh, a lot yeah. of fun. I often said yeah. the uh, a lot of the guys, you know, as and there's reasons. I, I don't, without getting into the argument of should we have fighting or shouldn't we? I, I just let's ignore that. But let's just say this: I want to. 
let fans know, I kind of said it in my preamble, and it's, a, it's one of the themes of my new book, that these guys were the most charitable with their time and their money. Every team I was on, the tough guy that was there was just pumped to be there and be, be the guy that was chosen. He felt a real appreciation for having everybody trust that, you know, he was going to be the guy to protect them. And from Dave Morissette yeah. till Sylvain Bluen to Mick Fakoda, I can go down the list to guys I met, I played against, but they were always, you know, the first ones to the children's hospital and things like that. Right. Agree. Um, yeah, absolutely. And in the room, a lot of the, a lot of the humor, a lot of the humor, a lot of the people running the tunes. They, they were very good at kind of keeping the room light. And, and at the same time, and at the same time would, you know, kind of weren't afraid to, you know, give people a kick in the ass if they needed it because they were respected because they knew they'd put their uh, kind of balls on the line for their teammates in game time. And, you know, if you need to kick in the ass, you'd listen. And the so, best you know, teams I, the, that all the, the teams that win always have them. They yeah. always have those kind of guys, right? Yeah. It's okay to, it's okay to get mad at your teammate. You know, you just have the beer afterwards with them. Yeah, exactly. The no, real no, you, world, it's a different thing, right? You sometimes got to watch your yeah, nose. No, you're right. You get to heart and you're like, geez, man, I'm doing it to help you. Uh, now, Millsy, we're coming up on, uh, we're almost done. Time flies. And we, I think we're going to have you back on a few times. Uh, I like. Uh, I give, enjoy this, man. Give I, me like an excuse said, to catch up. I a few other boys. I, I told Huska and Heimovitz. Uh, I saw I, we did a big FaceTime COVID-19 FaceTime uh, on Saturday. I told them how I spent my Friday night with a bottle of wine, listening to uh, <laughs> you and senior. And they said, I said, you guys have to dial in on Friday. So Huska was in. Uh, in Kamloops when I went out there, when I was in Tri-Cities. So we saw certainly a lot of each other. And, oh, yeah, uh, was, uh, you know, I've met him a few a times. professional. I've since gotten to know a lot of his, well, Tuck, Tucker was my roommate in Montreal. And then Jason Strudwick, I, do charity events with a lot. Yeah. Um, Randy Petruck, their goalie. I t- talk to him all the time. A lot of the, for whatever reason, Chris Murray, a lot of the ex uh, Blazers are real close with me now. Uh, so when you talk to Ryan, I really love the way he played too, you know, and they loved him in Kamloops. He was a cog in the wheel. Kamloops were that good, right? He was an NHL hockey player, but he, uh, you know, he was third line in Kamloops. It, oh yeah, wait, wait, three Mem Cups, right? Yeah. Mm. So, three Memorial Cups. You got to be doing something right, right? And then, then yeah, I mean, he's assistant coach at Calgary now, so yeah, I mean, yeah. he's I, I, he's got a good future to in totally. that coaching. He was always yeah, like that. Great. Certain guys yep. you can tell, you know. And again, it it often comes with winning, right? They had three Memorial Cups in five years, and what do you know about the Kamloops Blazers? Most of those players that went on. Either they're Darcy Tuckers who are in your face leaders or they're Nolan Baumgartners who are smile, settle down, let's read yeah. the room here, those kind of leaders. But they're professional. Yeah, he, was, he was captain of Team Canada that year. Yeah, that we right? Were. Yeah, just a nice, calm <laughs> presence. I played with him in Portland too, actually. But he was, yeah, he had a great demeanor and just... Yeah, yeah. one of my favorites. So right. Baumgartner. Awesome guy. Um, okay, so listen, Milzy. Do you yes, have Do you have anything to add about anything whatsoever? Is there anything that you'd like to talk about? Do you have anything to promo? I really appreciate you plugging my book. Millsy sold me about 100 books altogether over the years. Where, wherever you go. I, I still love that picture of my son, my, my eldest, who's 10 now, and I think he would have been probably five at the time, and I'm sitting on my couch reading him tales, <laughs> tales of a first round nothing. Just the picture. <laughs> Listen. No, man, I, yeah, I love it. I'm, I get up there a little bit. Now, obviously, this isolation is going to slow that down. But uh, the last couple of times, it's only been in and out, but uh, without getting Ray into it. So I'm 
part of a team that's writing a TV show and it's, it's, it, it looks pretty good. I mean, who knows, but I also yeah. work in the film industry anyway. So for two different, I hope that's the reason that I'm in Toronto soon, but if not, I got a couple of public speaking gigs or I did that are going to be uh, delayed. Uh, point being, I think we should hang out soon and uh, grab a bite to eat, maybe a beer or two. When you're here, when you're here, you say, let me know. Which will be soon um, enough. And uh, maybe get um, you back on a few of the boys, you know, the guys that are my buddies that I played with and against like, Hodes and Surrey and yourself and whoever like I like to get you guys on. So if you would, we'd love to have you back. Anytime, on Tales with anytime, you. anytime, anytime. Okay, oh, Millsy. Well, look forward to my Friday nights. <laughs> this has been a blast. Uh, look, tune in this Friday with me and Senior on six uh, six thirty Newfoundland time, five yours. Whenever you get back, send us a message and we'll take a request. I'll see if I can get that. You know, I got it on tape, the ball hockey that we never really talked about at the provincials. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't know that. Okay, we'll to, we'll tee up the next. Uh, version of or next volume that you're coming in to speak next episode we'll tee that story up first next and i'll uh, i'll try to put that up for, i got it on tape somewhere i'll try to put and it up check out that it, and you can you can check out the uh, the st john's maple leafs uh, philadelphia phantoms bench brawl it's a pretty it's a beauty with brian rogers in the background okay 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 yes <laughs> I, that's exactly what i'm gonna do tune in uh, friday we'll see you there thanks for doing the show and we'd love to have you back soon milsey one of the best right awesome. there thanks buddy Take it easy of see course ya. see ya Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to episode 12 of K Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s, featuring Craig Mills. This episode's been brought to you by CoolHockey.com. Go to CoolHockey.com, type in promo code THPN for a discount on anything in the store. You heard me. I said anything, and I mean anything. If you'd like to donate at patreon.com, visit us at patreon.com forward slash the hockey podcast network. That's patreon.com forward slash the hockey podcast network. I'd like also like to thank Penny Posh, Penny Posh, women's wear reimagined. Remember this month hoodies normally one twenty nine ninety nine. Marked down to $69.99. Terry Ryan Sr. and Terry Ryan Jr. will also throw in a signed pitcher, an action shot from their days in professional hockey. Terry Ryan Jr. will also add a hockey card. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun. This has been K. Billy on K. Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s. God bless you.